But I was going to say, so I'm Neil Patrick Harrising you then, is what's going on. Steve. Yeah, kind of. Steve, drink more drink beer. more beers. I'm working on it. Go bug mom. Go bug mom. If anyone can get the movie reference in the chat, I will give you respect for one day. You would never respect me, so no. Well, I mean, you don't get to be a part of the contest. I'm the one that made the reference. You made the reference. I thought that was obvious. Not fair. This contest isn't following U.S. regulation rules. It's an interesting morphology. Vigret and Quill's voices from episode, like the very start of episode one. They're like episode three, and then it kind of settles down. <laughs> oh, yeah. To be fair, the magnetic gravitational pull of good soldiers is as a hard, it's hard to avoid that. I'm going to try really hard not to wheeze and cough. There are wildfires, and the smoke is blowing at my house, and it sucks, and I have bad asthma, so it's... Yeah, we've been worried yeah. about you. It's not been great. Yeah. A friend of mine is in the emergency room because of it, and... Ooh. Yeah. I This guy nearly was. To yeah. be fair, when I made the comment about the peanut butter factory burning down, I had not heard any news. I just went outside to go biking for the day, and things look weird and smelled like peanut butter on fire. No, like, it smells Pretty like good. campfire. Oh, it, I think it smells like burnt tires. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, but I can't be outside that long. At work, day before yesterday, or yesterday, I went from just fine to almost completely closed off and, like, panicked a little because I thought I was going to go down and have to go to the emergency room. So I'm like, <laughs> and someone's like, is that wheezing? I'm like, <laughs> So tomorrow on the day that's supposed to be worse, you're going to be out in your car all day. My car has a really good filter on it. I've tested mm -hmm. it. <laughs> I do just fine in, in the car. It's getting out. That's why I gassed up today and I can drive all the way there and get in my mom's house. Uh, is everyone ready to dive in? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. It depends. Am I allowed to kill the child first? Uh, it's live entertainment, so... That's I true. can mute it. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. Maybe just like just put a blanket over the mic a little bit to mellow the screens. Just put paper toweling up, and then when the blood spatters, it'll like soak through, and it'll be very cinematic for our radio show. <laughs> Let's just thank our wonderful listeners and viewers for tuning in to listen to our show. We are in absentia. We are. A Real Play 5th Edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast that we record live on Twitch every Friday night at 8.30-ish. Yes, it's it's 8.30-ish. Try, and then we ramble. And It's not at all because one of your players was caught in a TikTok hole of cute puppies. Well, I mean, let's be fair. All of us who have TikTok and some of us that don't have TikTok that, but have been repeatedly sent videos have probably gotten into the, <laughs> the puppy spiral, as it were. The pup talk. Yes.
Yes. So tonight joining me, we have my three fantastic, wonderful, fantabulous co-hosts. First, we have... Yeah, I'm Mark. I'll be playing Ziggurat, the uh, Dragonborn Sorcerer. And uh, I just want to cast some spells. And uh, we'll see how this night goes. Anne. I'm Anne. I play the Kenku Rogue Story. And if tonight is going any way that I want, I'm going to be waiting outside with creepy children all night. Then we have John. If you would like to see more fluffy K-hole experiences, you can subscribe to my Instagram, The Morning After. I play Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard. And collectively, you can find us on pretty much any social media at Uber Geek Media. Last recording, we had a lot to unpack last recording. It was a long session, too. Who would like to lead us off on our recap tonight? Who's got notes? Benjamin, who in my notes is Benny. Uh, Friar Benjamin said we have to go to the Capitol and warn the church. The jam, we learned, was Goodberry Jam. We have an endless cup of water. And uh, we met the little creepy god girl at the front door of her hut. And Shory's uh, having none of it. Do we not want to talk about the small girls killing an entire camp of soldiers? Do we just want to ignore that? Uh, well, our characters don't know that. They saw a leg and went, nah. Walked away. A dead, dead person's leg and just left. <laughs> because we're adventurers? but we're not dumb to flesh things out a little bit. Yeah. You guys got followed all the way from high tower and even overnight were watched by these creepy little children and Maud, An interesting note. If you guys listen back, seem to recognize them, which in and of itself is interesting. She was terrified actually. If you recall, she kind of backed up, held a staff at the door. She was quite concerned about these creepy little children. And then the night went through. You guys fed the children a little bit, and they continued to be adorable, creepy children out in the middle of the alleyway. Followed you to Gil Ryan. As we closed, you guys were just approaching Gil Ryan. And saw the little girl standing in the doorway. And as the scene opens, the little girl is just in the doorway and she's got shadow against her back. You can't see her eyes at all. And she stands motionless. At this point, it's early morning. The sun is just beginning to rise. A breeze is whipping through Gil Ryan. Some of the thatch that has overgrown and rotted on some of the buildings is swaying in this breeze. This little girl's hair whips around her face and her voice rings out in the quiet morning. And there's a palpable force to it as one word rings in your minds. Come. All of you, please do a DC 18 will save. What, you mean wisdom? Wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 11. Mm-hmm. No. 
I choose to fail. I don't choose to fail, but I'm a bird. I'm assuming that's a that's a failure as well. I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, either. it's seven. Okay. Eleven. And what was yours again? You chose to fail. Yeah, I choose to fail. Yeah, make sure to say your rolls so listeners know what you rolled. Two seconds. I'm really taking us out of the the moment here. Nah, I'm still creeped out. It's fine. As her voice rings out, you feel this sudden lurch. And your feet start to move of their own accord, walking you towards this little girl. Could you all please do a perception roll as well? 10. 11. <laughs> 23. Story. It's going to be great for you. As your feet are marching, you glance about wildly. And you notice that the children that were standing in the shadows of these buildings surrounding you have closed in to a circle all the way around the cottage and around you. And there are way more of them than you guys first noticed. And that was already a startling number. I believe the phrase was, how many orphans can there be in this area? And there are so many you can't count them right now. And they're just standing quietly, staring. Their eyes are flitting between you and the little girl back and forth. I'm assuming at this point, Ziggurat's gone pretty catatonic too, just based on uh, whatever command was just issued to us, just focused, not noticing any of that. Just the power, the force behind that word compels you and you're just drawn in and you cannot fight it as much as you try in your head. It's just that is all you can think of is walking towards the the cottage. But in Story's mind, she's doing the whole like puppy being dragged to the, the bathtub. Clawing. Feet planted and little dirt tracks behind her. But in reality, it's calmly walking as you approach the half wall that surrounds the yard to the cottage the wind begins to pick up the little girl's whole body seems to lean forward in eagerness and you can feel almost like a static electricity is building on your scales fur and feathers the intensity on her face just increases with each step. Get it to me. And she stares. Oh, uh, Quill will pull the jam from his bag. You sure you want to do that, mate? It's the jam that uh, we just le- recently learned is probably somewhat magical. As you say that, she stares at the jar as soon as it comes out of the pack. Give it to me. And And around you, this choir of voices starts pleading with you. Please, please give her the jar. Please. I, I am a little curious about it. Why do you want this jam in particular? To free yourself. Give it to me. And she leans forward, appearing to strain 
against these unseen bonds. Her arms start to push back against her body, and you see the indents of chains on her clothing and arms. On her face, you see tears streaming, and you see a look of desperation, rage, and fear. Blisters start to form on her skin underneath the indents. All of you flinch as lightning crashes around the village in the woods. And then you can just see this blue arcing towards the center, and it hits the stone pillars that surround the village. It arcs inward again, and it hits the stone half wall and lights up, finally arcs inward again and strikes the little girl in the chest. And she is flung backwards into the shadows of the cottage. And for a few seconds, there's just silence. And a small curl of smoke comes out of the inside of the cottage. And for just a few seconds, the clouds and the wind settle. And it seems like the whole village is just a little more bright. And you start to hear sobbing from inside the cottage. Was it you, Quill? No, I don't have that kind of power. If you wouldn't mind holding this for a second, and I will hand the jar to him, and I will uh, go in the cottage. Yeah. Story writes a note to Ziggurat. I don't think we should give her the jam. I agree with you, Brent. As you guys are talking and discussing, you see the children begin to rush towards the cottage in a panic. Several of them stop, but one or two of them gets a little too close and are just suddenly flung back. Ziggurat snarls a little bit with a little uh, like cold steam coming out. Oh, I wouldn't get any closer if I were you. Not that you can. Yeah, I, uh, I step into the cottage. Jory's gonna see how the child's doing, like as far as they can look. Are you gonna go towards them, or are you just gonna kind of keep back and, and assess with a heel check? Um. So the child was flung back, like out of the ring of children, or like does it put me physically flung away from the wall, like approached and couldn't get close, away wait, wait, from like the cottage? She's out of her cottage now. No, 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 no. Creepy girl is in the cottage. Now an orphan got hurt. And that's more important gotcha. story than creepy bitch. So, yeah, as, as close as I need to see if they're okay. Okay, as you push your way through the children, this smoke from the electricity and the burning debris sting your eyes. You see a little boy's sitting there just crying and he's sitting up. He doesn't seem to be outwardly hurt. And the little girl that approached you and talked to you guys at mods is attending to him, just sitting next to him. And as soon as she sees story, she looks up and you just see her eyes are just red and crying. She walks up to you and looks down at your feet and her voice is just hoarse, but it's really just firm and she just seems very determined. Can, 
can you please just go to her? Please, I'm begging you. Story signs at her. What's going on? She needs what you have. She needs it. Please go. Why? Why does she need it? And she starts talking, and it seems like the words just catch in her throat. I can't say, please. Can you please check on her? We can't go to her, please. Can you tell me who's trying to keep her in there? I can't. I can't. It's too strong. Is she going to release you if she gets free? She looks up and she's confused. She goes, release us? Does she take care of you or does she take advantage of you? Well, of course she takes care of us. So she's... She she is always taking care of us. People, you grow old and you think that just because we're kids that we can't take care of ourselves. But when we do need it, Muriel's always been there for us. Muriel? And she fingerspells her at the kid. And that's not at all just to, to have the DM finally spell one of these names for us. <laughs> it's Muriel. M-U-R... I-E-L. She probably says that loud enough that Zigrit and Quill would be able to hear. Even as you're walking towards the cottage, Quill. And why don't you do a DC 20 history or religion check? Uh, Any of us? 20 on the nose. All of you. 19. 8. Story's more worried about the... Story... The name doesn't really affect you at all. Ziggurat, that name kind of rings a bell, but you're just, you're not really getting anything. Like, you think you've probably heard it. You can't quite place where you, it must have been something that your parents taught you or that you read somewhere or saw somewhere at the school. Yeah, I start, I start saying a, a, like a poem that my parents said, but I just can't remember the words. I'm like, Muriel, Muriel. I don't remember. Cool. This name strikes a chord. At some point in your studies, you came across this name, and it is an ancient title in another language. You can't think of the language. You think it might mean queen, deity, or something like that, but it's. It predates, and you're sure of this, it predates most of the other writings that you've ever read about anywhere in the libraries. And the libraries are pretty extensive at the wizard school that you went to. Oh, yeah. And it's probably, I read it like like an old Beowulf transcript kind of thing where I didn't read, like they would have a, a approximation of the old script and then I read the flip notes version of it. <laughs> the translated version. But yeah, it that does not in if anything, that kind of makes Quill go to the cottage a little bit faster. Quill be careful. I don't feel like releasing a evil demigod today. Quill, what you would remember you would not remember her to be specifically evil. But you know that she's not necessarily good she's either. Power or powerful. 
the few things that you do remember, it just describes her in kind of this ambiguous oh, yeah. fashion. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll step into the hut. Uh, is there... <laughs> I'm assuming there's been some damage. Uh, to the hut itself, as you walk, or the cottage, as you walk up to it, you actually see that the ground in front of the cottage is pushed up. Like the entire cottage was shifted and dragged along the dirt slightly. There's a good four inches of dirt. So it was just completely pushed forward and it seemed like it pulled down as well. And then you step inside and you just see the slumped figure of the little girl. She's curled up in a ball at the back of the cottage. And the fire is burning merrily, but you distinctly remember that the cottage was dark when you looked in there prior. And she's just crying quietly to herself. I'll uh, step over the pile of dirt and sit down on the other side of it, like inside the cottage, let my lizard down onto the floor, move around as it pleases. (laughs) I... Never intended to not give you the jam. At all. What I am concerned is why you acted this way. And I understand that you are something that should not be here, specifically. She picks her head up just a little bit and you just see one eye kind of peek through her hair. She goes, I'm, I'm sorry. She goes, you don't... You don't understand. She goes, I've been here for millennia. And having, having the first step to my freedom so close, you can't fathom what it's like. Having these heavy chains, these burdens on me, for longer than any of your ancestors ever walked this planet. It's, it's painful. Quill will reach up and touch the bandages and no, the depth, not at all. The experience, however, it's, (sighs) I understand it a bit, what you feel. But you are right. You have experienced a depth that I cannot. And we will give you the jam. There's no doubt of that. Whether I have to pry it out of my companion's hands back there and give it to you, I will. However, you said we would want to know on our last meeting. What would we want to know? There's there's something coming. Seeing the start here and there. Now you've seen the bright one fade. It's only the start. They're all going to be trapped like me. I I don't know if you'll be the ones to stop it. But it, it will be the end of everything you know. 
Does, is Ziggurat hearing any of this, or is it a conversation? Just it's in fairly Quill hushed and, uh, tones. Ziggurat certainly could have approached as Quill walked in. Probably didn't. Uh, I was going to say, Story is not going to let that jam in. She's just not to the point where she's going to go through the door yet. And she's going to start with kindness. But she also doesn't want to, like, you know, release the devil. If she's going to make her way back to to Ziggurat. With your freedom, do you desire to leave this place behind? I seek my freedom. I have no desire or machinations on this world. I just want to be free. Is Story close enough to hear that? Would she have left the orphan yet? Yeah, she's already made her way back to Zira. And and again, probably not, if if because he is still kind of hanging outside the half wall, right, Mark? Yeah, I'm kind of by the threshold of the door, um, so I'm like kind of leaning out a little bit, but noting where her magic would have restrained her or the chains would have restrained her, I'm probably just on the outside of that. Story is going to. Um, write you a note that says I'm not going anywhere with it. Can I please have the jam? Be more guest. Hands it over. And then Story is going to sit cross-legged outside the door and wait. You could have all hidden. I'm curious to see. They are still just kind of um, hanging out probably 10 to 15 feet uh, surrounding the half wall. A lot of them are crying. Some of them sobbing, but all of them are just waiting, watching, just whispering amongst themselves. Every so often you can you can hear Muriel's name being said. Can I hear the children sobbing outside? Yes, it's not quiet or subtle. They're children crying. Sometimes you hear wails. Sometimes it's just little sobs. Sometimes it's quiet. And they're just quietly crying while watching. And uh, what of them out there? The ones that owe you fealty, loyalty, kindness? I find things that are lost. Whereas the one you call Pelor, his domain is light and the sun and helping the poor and helpless. I find those things that are lost and forgotten because I've been lost and forgotten. All those you see have been forgotten and lost over many, many, many years. I take care of them or as best I can. And they're my eyes and my ears. And they are my hands, so that I might have some small presence outside this place. And once you are free, they will still be taken care of, if not by you, then by others. My presence will never fade. Even the sun still shines. When you saw the bright one fade, even if I should fade into nothingness, my very essence still exists. 
and so they will continue on, and they will come to no harm. Even the sand still will churn once the Cat Lord is gone. A similar phrase. With that in mind, then, I kind of stand and brush my robe off a little bit and turn to look outside, or well, turn, kind of, so probably with the lizard not in, like, in position, I probably just bump right into you. Ziggert's standing there, about three feet behind you. Ah. Ziggert, if you wouldn't mind, this young, I hope, friend of ours needs that jam desperately. I need to know. Yeah, I heard uh, part of it. Um, it did quell some of my concerns. However, I've seen you. You, not your illusion. I know you're in chains. For a fleeting moment, I saw you. How did you get here? Part of my imprisonment is to be forgotten. I've been here for so long. These children are all I have left. No followers. Those of my temples that still exist are rubble or so far gone and lost. The thing that you saw was the reflection of people's belief in me, which is no longer there. I assume it was a punishment. Nah. I don't know much about legal systems from where I'm from, but uh, I do know people are put in prisons. Better for worse, they were sentenced. I'm asking you what your sentence was. My punishment, if that's what you want to call it, was to reside here. And the hope was that my reach would be gone. However, just as Paylor cannot be permanently killed, you cannot get rid of me forever. You can imprison me. I can be bound. I cannot be destroyed any more than he can. But my power can be redirected or bound. You still didn't answer my question. I'm wondering why someone of such power was sentenced to such a fight. Was it another god? Was there... Who did this to you? Help me understand. If I could tell you that simply, you would know already. Fair. However, I can tell you, being what I am, not everything I've done has been what you would call good, and not all that I am is evil either. But not everyone sees it that way. Uh, what would Bahamut say if he knew I released you? I'm not entirely sure that he even knows what I am or who I am anymore. Huh. Well, as far as I'm concerned, far be it for me to continue his sentence, I'll have no idea about. So, right. Quill, let's go get the jam, and uh, 
you're like literally standing over me at in the doorway with the jam in my lap. She's like peering between your legs. Like literally. I I, I spin around and similar to Quill bumping into me, I trip over. <laughs> Down goes the jam. I trip over story. <laughs> the <laughs> most impressive adventuring group ever. <laughs> yeah. It's on the jam. It's in the ground. You know. Sorry, story. I, I assume you had. Listen. Story does the yeah, get out of the okay. way now. All right. Step aside. She tells the girl to sit in front of her in the doorway. Gesture. And the little girl stands and walks over and kneels down and looks at you. Where he's in the past, when you look into her eyes, it's just kind of blackness that you see. You do see little pinpricks of light. She leans in and goes, little seedling, in another time and place, it's very likely that you and your people would have been with some of my children. Because I'm I'm sorry that I couldn't have helped. Sora kind of gives it like asks, so you're a god? As as you see it, yes. When you're free, where do these children go? Wherever they like. When you're free. Are these children protected against whatever just killed another god? They are no more or no less protected against it than anyone else on this world. You claim these children as yours. Actions have consequences. You claimed them. They are loyal to you. That has weight. And she smiles and she goes, I've never claimed them. She goes, I found them and they found me. They are your hands. They are yours. You said it several times. My children, yes. You've claimed them, so I'm right. No matter how around the bush you want to be. I claim no ownership and I hold no sway over them. If any one of them wanted to leave, they can. I've seen people who want to leave and not know it. Loyalty is fine. But there are ways to manipulate that. You've claimed them. If we give you this jam, you will stay with them until this is over and they are safe. Yes? Yes. They're as much a part of me as every other lost and forgotten thing on every plane. Child's loyalty is worth more than even this jam. And it goes through when they're an adult, too. I have your word, as a powerful being, God or not, that I hand you this jam and these children are safe. I will do everything in my power to protect them, even if it would destroy me. Sorry, tosses her the jam. Ziggert looks at story and says, I'll take it to the conversation with Will. Not not having known, I'm assuming that conversation happened completely inside. No, you signed out. You heard her side. Oh, okay. I don't know if anybody was interpreting, but it was all in sign. So, do you literally physically toss her this priceless? Yeah, I have the promise of a god. I toss it. I mean, she's like what two feet in front of me. I'm a rogue. Like 
Ugh. Yeah, you're sitting like cross-legged in front of each other through a threshold. By comparison, like infinitely powerful. I doubt she's going to let this precious object fall to the ground. Between the rogue and the god, I think they can catch an underhand. Like it's not even an underhand toss. It's more of a a snotty like. Poof. But I have the promise of a god. <laughs> Threw it on the ground. Just whip it at her head. Not a god. Uh, it's a child. <laughs> you just like. <laughs> touch down and just spike it as hard as you can. She catches it. You can see visibly her hands are shaking just a little bit. And then darkness swallows you. No. <laughs> um, no, I just see the little girl like bringing it in, rubbing with it. You know. Honestly, she just looks into the jar, removes the lid, pokes the tiniest finger in. And sticks it on her tongue, closes her eyes, and just lets out a sigh. Just for one moment, the entire day seems just a little brighter from your perspective. And then dims just a little bit, and she smiles. Thank you. You have no concept of what this means to me. And she kind of shoes you all away from the door. And she walks up to the threshold and just pauses for a minute. And you can just see there's just this tiny little bit of apprehensiveness to her. And she steps out and into the yard. I have not been able to have the full sun on my face in millennia. And you just see her kind of trundle about the yard and she's kind of skipping and dancing. And out around the half hall, you just see the children smiling. They still don't approach the wall, though, but they all just have these clear expressions of joy. And she smiles and she waves and for all intents and purposes seemingly ignores you. So, uh, burnt hand, huh? That seems to be our next objective. Continuing. Have to find out who uh, killed a god. Feel better about, uh, I guess, freeing a god. We're still alive. He's not dead. Halo is not dead. He's simply trapped, like she is. Hmm. Yeah. Regardless, we have information in a lead. The capital is quite a journey. Perhaps we can find other information about other things there. Yeah. Story goes up to Muriel. And says, so what are you doing now? I just need a minute to enjoy being outside. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After you're done enjoying being outside. What are you and the children doing? Well, I still can't leave this yard. What's next? You're in the yard. Well, think of it as a series of locks that need to be opened. As you've seen what 
power this place holds over me. That was deliberate. She goes, I can't, I can't say as much as I want, but I have a little more sway now that the first lock is opened. I need to be free. I've been here millennia. She goes, the forces that kept me here are now moving. She goes, you need to find what forces would want those that are lost and forgotten in the world to no longer be protected and safe and remembered. As soon as the forgotten and the lost are gone, everyone turns a blind eye. And it opens up the world for larger acts. You've seen that now. It's only going to get worse. I'm a Kenku. I live. So is releasing you going to help with this whole gods killing each other business? No, but it'll slow them. And it'll give you a chance. So what's the next lock? You know the origins of this jam? Elves or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's before the blight, right? Yeah, I the... has not cared. This is god shit. But now there are children on the line. Seriously, like you were all adamant against this entirely. <laughs> now just one one pushed around child and you're like, I want on board. I'm like, I, I've been hundred percent on board, and you're kind of cutting me out of this deal. I was OG. <laughs> gods killing gods at that level. That's going to get messy. Well, uh, well, Zigrid wouldn't know that you said gods killing gods. Uh, yes. Right. Okay, so, Dory, as she's hearing grumbling, says, so when you're done playing outside, can we talk and have a game plan and have the advice of a god? Because it seems like this is all mixed in, yes? Yes. She goes, I, you'll find what you seek. You already know where you need to go. The key will present itself. And you'll know when you see it. Uh, Story goes into full teenager, like, oh my god. And then Muriel starts talking, and then it kind of chokes off. Again, you just have like this flash of heat that surrounds all of you for just a second. And she just kind of... Yeah. Can't say, can you? No, it's as little of freedom as it may seem. This this seems like you've you've lifted mountains off of me. Can I ask? It, it's so much evidence in front of us. It's hard to fully know what happened back there. But is the bent hand we right to think the behind all this? I I wish that I could say more, but you're on the right track. Follow the burnt hand, and you'll find what you need. Right, okay. Right, right, okay. She's got to kill a bunch of acolytes. All right. Killed one already. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, Quil- Quil snaps still his lizard processing. Back, so, like, he, he's yeah. beginning, like, a quarter of this conversation. Right. 
properly from where he is. And it's like, he's... Yeah, you just hear the, the little god girl round talking. And then you hear... Yeah, and it's, it's very frustrating for Quill and, and me. Yeah, Ziggert looks over at Quill and says, Hey, Quill, you were adamant about this at first uh, to meet her, so any questions you have for her? Yes, yes. Uh, that story reaches out with the lizard. Uh, my lizard needs... It showed some interest in, in playing with those children. Do you mind taking it over there for a second? She's gone. You don't even... Sentence not done. <laughs> At the point where she is like, okay, the girl's not, she can't answer some things, which, you know, I, I understand and I get that. But like the round talking and, and okay, so the city, the key. Okay, that's what I need to know. Yes. Okay. Takes the lizard and goes and plays with the kids. Cause... Uh, so you, uh, you stated before that our friend would be <laughs> a member of your group if not for other circumstances. There's a bit of... Uh, I don't know if you were able to see what has been in my past as well, but I have a bit of that myself. And she smiles and she goes, that's why you're here. As such, I'm sure you know, at least in part, what I want. I will do these things for you. I... I'm even fine calling myself your acolyte, but I need to prove myself more than those that left me by the wayside can offer. She leans forward instead of doing her creepy little extension thing. She just kind of tugs as you lean down. You will. I hope you watch over me as you do them. And then that's where we're going to end for the night. You're killing me. <laughs> this entire episode has been John, John emotional murder. Been waiting three weeks for this moment. So I uh, uh, show of hands. Who thought that you guys were going to fully release her with that? No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> I totally did. That's a some some good jam is one thing. Some good jam to release a god and nah. <laughs> we need we need at least a, a key master and a gatekeeper. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a great Ghostbusters reference coming up. <laughs> there are nine more ball bearings in this children. You're you're gonna run out eventually. Like <laughs> keep feeding ball bearings. I'm not- them to well yeah well you're that would hurt their teeth why would you think that job you're basically like uh you're a pachinko machine at this point you just like <laughs> ball bearings everywhere yeah there are children how are they supposed to get in trouble unless they have the equipment to get in trouble with as always i want to thank all of our listeners for listening to in absentia episode 13 a planned meeting with unexpected results if you like what you heard tonight, make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you want to support us, you can follow us on social media. If you're feeling a little extra, you can head on over to our website and hit the donate button to set up a one-time or reoccurring donation, which gives you access to subscription-only content like some of our private podcasts. 
or if you feel more comfortable, go find our Patreon page and you can become one of our Patreon subscribers, which also gives you access to subscriber-only benefits. All of you have a wonderful evening. Good night.